everyone, and welcome to the Legal Matters Podcast, brought to you by the California Association of Realtors. I'm Jana Gardner, here as always with my colleague Dana Spears. Hello. We are back again with you this month for another very exciting episode. In this episode, we are lucky to be joined by Farah Wilder, CAR Vice President and Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer, to talk with us about implicit bias and what every realtor needs to know about this important topic. Farah has a lot of very important information to share with us today, so let's get right to it. We are so excited today to be joined by Farah Wilder, CAR Vice President and Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer. Welcome, Farah. Thank you so much, Jana. It's really great to be here. So Wonderful since, to have you here. Since this is your first time joining us, um, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience and give us a little bit of background about uh, your history before you joined CAR? Sure. So I have been at CAR now for um, almost two and a half years, which it, it flew by and before that, I was actually a realtor for 13 years um, in the Bay Area, the East Bay, Oakland, um, had a small team and um, was on our local association and I was on CAR's board as well. And so that's how I kind of ended up transitioning into this role. Oh, that's great. Excellent. Well, like I said, we're so glad to have you. And uh, we're especially glad to have you today to talk to us about such an important topic. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Can you let our listeners know what exactly is implicit bias that we're here to talk about today? Okay, so implicit bias is a tendency, an inclination, a a prejudice uh, toward or against something or someone. And as you might imagine, based on that definition, uh, we all have biases and implicit biases. So they are often flying under the radar. And that's why we say implicit or or unconscious. Um, It's kind of like where you naturally know um, you you maybe like a certain food, like maybe you prefer, um, you know, burgers over hot dogs or, you know, (laughs) You know, that like, may not be unconscious sometimes, but yeah, <laughs> not unconscious or, you know, or something, you know, you yeah. like, you like really spicy food or maybe not so much, you know, that is a bias and mm-hmm. an unconscious bias is, is something like, you know, you maybe have an affinity to folks who are just like you, you know, people, we often gravitate towards people who are similar in demographics to us, or maybe, you know, I went to a certain university that shall remain nameless right now, but, um, you know, we, when we see each other's logos on hats, it's like, oh, hey, you know, you went to my school. So, um, these are biases. And one thing to remember about bias and, and why it's kind of, um, important for us to know as uh, real estate professionals is that it it can sometimes become a problem when it causes someone to treat an individual or a group of people or um, have an affinity for a neighborhood or a school uh, in such a way that, you know, it could lead to um, different treatment or treatment that might violate the law. And And unfortunately, because these things are uh, unconscious that that can sometimes happen without people being aware of it. Sure. So for realtors, what would be examples like out in the real world where they would run into this issue directly? Um, one that um, might might be relatable is um, 
you know, imagine, and, and I can say this as someone who was a realtor for a long time, um, and, and I'm coming to this from a place of, you know, we're all on our learning journey together. So um, <laughs> something that might happen uh, is that you might get a call or someone might um, send you an email and maybe you become aware that they're, they're really young, you know, they're maybe in their mid-20s and or even early 20s and they are interested in looking at homes and they want to look at homes in the most expensive pricey neighborhood um, in your community want you know a really huge home and you might pause and maybe even treat that person differently than if they were older or maybe they were older and you perceive that they had you know fam a big family and you know something like that so that that initial gut reaction that maybe that person can't afford a home in that neighborhood based on their age is a bias. Mm. Um, and then another one, you know, I, I think would be helpful to mention. I mentioned, you know, we have biases towards folks who are similar to us, but, you know, kind of think about maybe a colleague or um, a new client that, uh, you know, comes from a similar community as you, you know, maybe you're in like a, a bowling league or a writing club and you know this person and they're similar, they have similar interests, you know, you might um, want to spend more time with them, or maybe they're a colleague that has similar attributes or interests to you, you might think this person would be a great leader, whereas there might be someone who has different demographic characteristics, maybe they, you know, they, they, you don't know them very well, and you might not uh, initially think that they would be, you know, great in a leadership role at your local association, or, you know, as, as a teammate, so those are two biases that that could pop up, um, you know, in in your uh, real estate practice. Right. And, and those people that are a little different from you and maybe in a different demographic in a different group, someone you're not around often, you know, could be perfect in those roles, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. So CAR was behind a new law that requires all real estate salespeople to have implicit bias training. Can you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about uh, how this law came to be and and why CAR got involved? Yes. Um, so there was uh, um, an, an article, an expose, an article came out. It was uh, in uh, the Newsday uh, newspaper in Long Island. And it was along with this article, there were videos um, that really showed what was going on. And, and basically what what happened was that this news outlet had engaged in a pretty extensive fair housing training um, where they had fair housing testers, which actually exist everywhere. We have fair housing testing that happens here as well. But they in New York, it's possible to videotape folks without their consent. So the fair housing testers were able to videotape their interactions with real estate agents. So this was folks who were engaged in sales where a lot of fair housing testing involves uh, the rental space. And so they found massive different treatment based on race. And mm. the only difference between these testers was race. They made sure they were dressed similarly. They had similar financial profiles that they were talking about to the, to the real estate professionals. And it, it caused, you know, a, 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 it was pretty scandalous in our industry. And this was in late 2019. Right. No, it's a very recent. Yeah. Really recent. And the thing about California that we have to remember is that they're 22, uh, roughly, you know, depending on how you look at the law, about 22 protected categories. So that's much more extensive than the seven covered by federal law. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of different ways that bias could creep in. 
in in the process. And so um, we, I, I think it, it, it just became clear that not, this wasn't an issue just in New York. I mean, it is, it, implicit bias happens in every human being and we really hadn't been talking about it a lot within our community. So to raise awareness and to make sure that, you know, our members were protected, frankly, um, and that they were able to help their clients, the sellers and, and maybe buyers, but in particular sellers, you know, avoid liability or any particular issue. CAR um, wanted to make sure that all real estate professionals received implicit bias training. That is really good and very important. You mentioned the protected classes, and it's true that factors like gender, race, nationality, religion, and other protected classes are often the basis for unconscious biases that impact a person's thinking, their words, and or their actions without their being aware of it. Yeah, and I was just going to add that, you know, just in case uh, real estate agents and salespeople and brokers feel like they're getting picked on, this is really an industry-wide issue. Um, there's been all those high-profile examples of appraisers, right, that we've heard so much about where these, mm -hmm. these terrible sort of also exposés where uh, appraisers go out and they appraise a house, give it a certain value, and then they change out the photographs and artwork and everything to you know, now say that now a white family or a non-white family is living there, and it vastly changes the appraised value. And so this is really an industry-wide issue. And, and there are, there's a new law also requiring appraisers to go through implicit bias training and to address that as well. So um, this is really something that, you know, real estate as a whole, I think is, is grappling with. Um, and so, you know, makes sense that CAR wanted to make sure that our realtors are going to be sort of um, handling this and, and taking a good proactive approach. Yeah, and that's really important. And and as you mentioned, it's industry-wide, but it's also, you know, impacting businesses everywhere, not just mm -hmm. the real estate industry. But it's really good that, you know, CAR is focusing on this um, for our realtors right now. So um, in light of that, Vera, do you have any business practice tips for realtors who want to disrupt or avoid implicit bias as they work with clients? I do. And, and before I get to the, to the actual actions, I just want to say um, there are some other examples that, you know, just, I just want to hit a few highlights of some things that people might not realize um, uh, they might do based on having unexamined bias. So, you know, real, real estate agents might, you know, have neighborhoods or schools. I think that, I don't know if I mentioned that before, but, you know, that could lead to steering, you know, or, or, or recommend recommendations, you know, mm -hmm. that people might want to look in certain areas. Um, sellers might say, you know, I really want someone like me to live in, you know, to purchase this home. I, I was starting my family when I purchased it. So, you know, I, I'm going to, I have a preference for this, the client that was, a similar demographic to myself when I was purchasing this home or um, inferences based on down payment or loan type. So this person is using a VA loan. I don't know if they can actually afford some of these repairs or, you know, the, the name on the contract might uh, indicate race or maybe, and it may not even be accurate, but, you know, there may be stereotypes that people don't even realize they have um, based on the name on the contract or maybe the same, uh, seemingly the same gender. So, mm -hmm. you know, these are the kinds of things that could pop up. So 
what do we do? Um, you know, some of the things that uh, we often recommend is using consistent intake systems. So if you, if you, anytime you get an email or a phone call from someone who's new, what you could do is have a standard checklist or a standard set of questions and a process that you do every single time. So you don't want to have some days where you're less busy, where you are um, willing to hop in the car and, and start showing properties without a pre-approval already set. And then on other days or other time periods where you're more busy, you're going to require a pre-approval letter because um, even though that actually may not be based on bias, there actually could be fair housing testers or someone mm. feel that they're being treated differently based on a demographic when it may actually be something else. And also there is the potential for bias. And so because we're all human and we all have that. So the consistency can help. Um, showing buyers everything that meets their criteria. So not skipping over neighborhoods. I mean, if they want to skip over neighborhoods, they can let you know, and you can ask them where they prefer to live, but then once they, or where they prefer to look, mm -hmm. but once they let you know that, just making sure that you aren't excluding anything, if it's in a certain mile radius, include everything. And then also schools, you know, not really selecting based on schools. And if they ask, and if they offer, you know, that's fine. You know, you can, you can kind of, structure the search based on their um, desires, but you just don't want it to come from you because that could be construed as uh, steering. And, and also there, you might recommend, have different recommendations inadvertently for, for different, for different folks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I want to say a lot of the great tips that you're giving people, um, some of this is included in the, a form people are probably familiar with, the FHDA, CR's Fair mm -hmm. Housing Disclosure and Advisory. That's a good resource where you can see the list of um, uh, protected statuses and you can see sort of these, you know, do's and don'ts, best practice tips that are on there. Um, but that's just one of, of many resources that are available to realtors who want to work on just implicit bias for the, the benefit of themselves and their business. And then of course, also to help them comply with these upcoming license renewal requirements. Can you recommend some other resources for realtors who want to learn more about implicit bias? Absolutely. Um, yes. And I love that form. I think mm -hmm. it's extremely useful and it kind of gives yeah. a, a little bit of a nutshell on, you know, some of these laws and some of the tips. Um, so um, one thing that I'm really proud of is that um, CAR just came out with its implicit bias uh, screening for uh, continuing education. So now that it's a requirement um, for all real estate professionals, and and just a reminder, um, we offer um, the the continuing education courses free for all members as a member benefit. So we have an implicit bias course that you can take. Um, there's also a couple of other resources that I think are really great. If you want to kind of test yourself and, and kind of get an understanding a little bit more, it's not a perfect test, but the Harvard implicit bias uh, um, test is, it kind of helps you kind of identify different biases based on gender, race, um, different biases that you might have. Um, you can kind of test that and you might be surprised of what you find out. And then is that available online? It's available online. So if you Google Harvard implicit bias uh, course or trait, or it's, it's not really a course, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a little test. It's an exercise. Um, 
you can find it. And it's it's got all different kinds of uh, little tests that you can do. Um, don't do it when you're tired because it'll just be frustrating. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then one more is uh, NAR's bias override. Um, so NAR um, took, uh, worked with the Perception Institute um, to create a real estate-based um, impl uh, implicit bias um, course. And we have a lot of California certified trainers. So that is also a resource um, that folks can use to learn more about bias that I actually think is really good. Excellent. And I'll make sure to put a link to a lot of these resources in the show notes for this episode. So if you're listening to this, you can go and, and look at the, the links and I'll have a link, you know, to the Harvard course and to the, especially where you can get information on CAR's uh, new CE course as well. All right. Awesome. Well, that has been really enlightening, Farah. I think it's something that we unconsciously do that can be harmful to others and to our business, as you pointed out. So these strategies are really wonderful. And participating in things like the CAR training and other courses can help realtors to develop further strategies that can help reduce the impact of implicit bias. So thanks again, Farah. We really appreciate your coming by to explore this important issue with us today. It was awesome to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to, to share on this topic. And um, I, I hope that these resources are helpful for everyone. Absolutely. Thanks, Farah. So that's it for another episode of the Legal Matters Podcast. Thanks again to Farah for joining us today. And thanks, as always, to all of you for listening. We hope that you've enjoyed all of our episodes thus far. If you have enjoyed them, the best way to make sure you never miss an episode is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And while you're there, feel free to leave us a review and maybe even a five-star rating. Those reviews and ratings can help other folks find the show. You can also reach out to us here at the podcast directly by emailing us at legalpodcast at car.org. Finally, don't forget about all of the ways CAR Membered Legal can help you stay in business and stay out of trouble. Of course, CAR members can call the hotline with any questions or issues at 213-739-8282, Monday through Friday, 9 to 6, and Saturday, 10 to 2, with transactional questions. Our other informational and educational materials can be found at car.org under the risk management section. Head over there to check out our Q&As, quick guides, webinars, and more. See you next month. Bye, everybody.